as I announced earlier that we were going to have a service from 7 to 8, I'll keep my word on that. Uh, I want us to look at these scriptures. I appreciate Jared and Debbie singing, appreciate the judges helping out, appreciate the spirit tonight that we have inside of our church. What a wonderful blessing it is to be able to come together on a Christmas day. The Christmas day ought not to be about you and I. It ought to be about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you for making it that way. In the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made uh, when Cyrenius was a governor of Syria and went, the Bible says, to be taxed every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea onto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lintage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife, being great with child, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished when she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped in swallowing clothes, laid in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And though an angel of the Lord came unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And an angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior, which unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, and ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. I want to speak for the few minutes that we have together on this subject matter, and that is make room for him. Make room for him. You'll see there's two different places here. One of those is a place that's called the inn. The inn was a, a, a comfortable place. The inn, if you would please, was a place that was well prepared it would have people that would come and would find good lodging there. They would travel, such as businessmen, from place to place, and much like you would find perhaps an inn, not the same quality, but you would find the same type of receptionness in those, den, in those inns in those days. You'll find that everything was ready. You'll find that as a guest would pay for their room, uh, they would have certain types of treatments that was given them, They'd be treated, no doubt, with respect because money does buy respect. They would be treated equal among all others as others would check into the inn that night. There was nothing that would be more appealing than to find a nice inn as you was traveling from city to city, village to village, town to town. And those towns that had such lodging would be places that would be renowned in those cities for that purpose. Nothing would be more easier than to walk up, pay the money, check in, and receive the comfort and the rest that would be given in that particular estate. Much like uh, I travel, and some of you do as well. And uh, sometimes uh, there's churches that will put me up, if you will, in prophets' chambers. Sometimes there's churches that will put me up in hotels. 
Uh, sometimes there's churches that put us up in homes and we stay in somebody's room that's been cleared out for the preacher to stay in for that particular couple of days that I'm preaching for them. But everything is prepared. Everything is well prepared for. It's well put together. And so it is as a person would find this room in the inn. The Bible gives us a recording, however, that when they came to that which is the inn, perhaps it was because it was tax collecting time. Perhaps there was many people that was filling their rooms in this particular inn and all the inns throughout the city. But we know this, that there was no room available. So the Bible teaches as they came to pay their taxes that they decided to try and find some place, any place. They found a place that's called a manger. When they went into the manger, I want you to understand that at first, it's not a very comfortable place for a king, for a savior, or for that matter, anybody. At first, you'll see it's not a clean place. No doubt Joseph uh, wanted to clean it up for Mary. No doubt Joseph perhaps moved things from side to side. No doubt Joseph took time to be able to do some sweeping, maybe some raking, maybe some shoveling. But he was trying to make at, at most of the place, and at best, a comfortable place. You'll see at first it's a dirty place. No doubt as he's shoveling and he's raking and he's sweeping, there's dust that's now uh, dust particles that's flying through the air. No doubt uh, it's a, a place, if you would please, it's quite smelly. I remember coming up on the farm, one of the things that I did not like when all of a sudden it came time was to clean out the pig stalls. Uh, that was not a, a very pleasurable thing. Or to go down where the cows was and to clean out their stalls, where you've got to chop down into the nasty now and now and break it up and then take it out by wheelbarrow and put it out there. Of course, we used it as fertilizer, but it wasn't a good smelling time at all. Uh, can I remind you, please, that this place was not a place where you would see a religious leader. Uh, it's not a place where you would see those that were a part of the Pharisees or the Sadducees, if you will. It was not a, uh, a place where you would see that uh, theirs were the rabbis. They just, they weren't going to go there. Uh, this place was a nasty place. It was probably a, a proud place of the owner, but how much can you be proud of, of that which is a manger? I mean, a manger is only used for animals. It's not used to be able to house lofty people. Yet we see that our, our Lord came as a servant. It's a loud place. Can you imagine the chickens? Can you imagine perhaps uh, all sorts of other animals that they would have had in that particular manger? It was a place that was not treated as a respectable place, especially to go so that your wife could give birth to a son, or rather, Mary could give birth to a son. Uh, it was a place, if you would please, where you see that there's much work that needed to be done. You would see that God, I believe, chose this place as a place to be able to fulfill Scripture. You would see that Jesus now is coming into this world by this place, and now you'll see that there are those that are the common people. That's the shepherds. The shepherds come. So Jesus being born, if you would, draws those of all different calibers. He draws those that are the weak, and he draws those that are the strong. He draws those, if you would please, that uh, know a lot and those that know very little. So he drew the commoners, if you would, represented by the shepherds. 
He also drew that which was leaders among the crowd. As you see, he drew the wise men. These men knew how to make wise decisions. No doubt they were leaders, if you would please, in their own rank. You'll see also he drew those that were the wealthy as the kings would come. But here's the Savior. The Savior, if you would, being born in a manger. If you'll understand the scriptures, you'll see that as he's born in the manger, he's coming into this world as the Savior of the world. Yet some don't have room for him. You'll see that some have their lives so organized as depicted by that which is the inn that there's no room for him. You'll see that some will live their lives the rest of the days of their life and there's no room for him whatsoever. Matter of fact, it's no big deal if there's no room for him because they're going to live their life just as normal. They're just going to continue to live. They're going to continue to be able to receive money and be able to give change. They're going to continue to be able to make money, sometimes even at the expense of others. They're going to continue to be able to do things whereby you see that the common people, yes, even the wise people, the leaders in the community and kings would do. And so it's a very unfortunate thing, but it's true in our day today. It's true that most people could live their entire life without Jesus Christ. What a shame. Because if they live their entire life without Jesus Christ, one day their life is going to come to an end. It's going to come to a closure. And as it comes to a closure, what will they have? Well, without Christ, they don't have eternal life. Without Christ, there is no way they'll go to heaven. That's why I believe that every church ought to be a soul winning church. But I do believe this, that even though churches are soul winning churches, we ought to make room for him in the places where we abide in the places that we're in charge of such as this one that owned uh, uh, the manger uh, he allowed them to be able to come in I think it's one thing to allow Jesus Christ uh, to be able to invite Jesus Christ into your life into your heart and he become your savior but I think it's quite differently if you will to make him feel comfortable I think it's different if you will to make him feel acceptable. You see, in the end, there was no acceptability. No doubt, I, I, I've stayed in some places, and I remember one place I was staying, and, and, uh, and they said, I'm sorry, we don't have a reservation for you. It was a hotel, and uh, the pastor flew me in, and he said, I'm sorry, we messed up the books, and we don't have a reservation for you. I said, I think you can do what you want to do. Because after all, you own the hotel. Certainly you can be able to do something to get me a room for the night They were not able to get me a room for the night, but here's what they did do uh, Because of the fact that they had record that there was a hotel reservation made they got me into a hotel across town Now can I tell you? Uh, uh, innkeepers work together You know what I find out? I find out that most businessmen work together I find out that people, if you would please, of different uh, uh, levels of society, they work together. And can I tell you here, no doubt that there was the innkeeper that knew about all the other, you ever do this, you ever go traveling, and all of a sudden, they don't have a place, it used to be years ago, when I traveled in evangelism, we would drive the vehicle everywhere we went. Uh, many preachers back in those days, they'd say, why don't you fly and we'll fly you in for a meeting? I said, I can't do that. I bring my family with me everywhere I go. 
uh, my family needs a, uh, my wife needs a husband, and my, my children, they need a father. And so oftentimes I refused to take a meeting because of the fact I would be preaching in California and maybe somebody wanted me to uh, be able to fly up to New York or New Jersey or, or uh, New Hampshire or something like that or vice versa. And I said, no, I can't do it, sorry. And they said, you mean you're not going to take a meeting? I said, you got it exactly right. I said, I'm going to bring my family. If I can't bring my family, I'm not coming. The only exception to that is when I traveled overseas. Now, can I tell you this? Uh, here we see that no doubt that those, those innkeepers, if you would please, knew one another. There's no doubt about that. If there was more than one inn in that small town, no doubt there was uh, uh, perhaps some communication. But, but there was no provision made. Oh, and I find this out to be true. No doubt the person that owned that, 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 that little manger, that just little tiny place where Christ was born, he didn't have the wealth of that which was an inn, uh, a person that owned the inn or managed the inn. But you're going to find this out, that most of the time that there are those out there that you can reach, that you can help, that you can guide, uh, and you have to reach everybody that you possibly can, whoever it might be. But then you're going to find this out, that just because a person gets saved doesn't mean that they'll live for God. I wish it was true, don't you? I, I wish that every single person I led to Christ would beat me to the door to the church. I wish that. I wish that every person that I led to Christ would live a separated life from the world and onto God. I wish it was true. I wish that every person that I led to Christ would become an instant soul winner, caring about the souls of men around the world. I wish that was true. I wish that everybody that I led to Christ would immediately develop a strong prayer life where they walked with God and talked with God and got their prayers answered and I could ask them to pray for me and they get their prayers answered for me too. But it's just not that way. Sometimes a person that gets saved, you have to nurture them along. And here we'll see that those that uh, perhaps would receive Christ, uh, maybe they are like the manger, if you will. They come and they don't come all pretty. They come and they've got maybe some dirt in their background. I know very few people that don't have uh, a lot of dirt in their background. And can I tell you, but here's what God does. Uh, as described by Joseph, uh, God will use uh, somebody to be able to clean up a place for him. Sometimes God will use a preacher. Sometimes God will use a message. Sometimes God will use a mom and daddy that love and care and invest and teach and try to help. Sometimes God will use a Sunday school teacher. Sometimes God will use a missionary. Sometimes God will use just a passerby. -er. But what takes place is that person will help that place to become clean so that the Savior finds comfort, a comfortable place. May I say tonight as I close, we ought to provide room for him. Not like the room that would be given in the inn, but the room in the manger where you ought to make room for him to be able to work in your life. I've, I've said in places before where all of a sudden as the Bible is preached, you'll see that people begin to squirm, and it's not because they're trying to get physical exercise in the pew, but they begin to squirm because the Holy Ghost of God is beginning to work on them. I've seen that time and time again, and can I tell you, it's good for God to work in our lives. 
It's good for your heart to be tender. Let me give you a flag. All of a sudden, when your heart becomes not as tender, then you need to ask God, God, what's going on inside of me that's not right? Does not our Bible teach us that the Word of God does not return void? So all of a sudden, when your heart begins to grow cold, when you're not as close to God as what you ought to be, perhaps it's a good time to get with God and say, now God, help me. I think in every side of believer, inside of every believer, uh, the Bible talks about that we hunger and we thirst after righteousness. I think there ought to be that hunger and thirst after righteousness. What's that mean, preacher? That means right doing. And if you don't hunger and thirst after righteousness, don't get mad at me, but it's not God that moved and it's not the book that changed. But is inside of that which is the believer. Something is amiss inside of here. And when something begins to go amiss inside of us, we need to look, we need to evaluate, and we need to decide what's going amiss, what's not right. May I say tonight as I close, what is it like inside of your heart where he does abide? Is it dirty? Does it need to be cleaned out? Have you made a comfortable setting for him? Does our Lord Jesus Christ feel at home? Because if you would please, as he abides inside of you, uh, does it remind him of heaven? Does he have full control? I think one day you and I are going to perish. We're going to die. We're going to go to heaven. This physical body is going to decay and it's going to be over. It's going to perish. The physical body, the temple, if you would please, is going to, going to be gone. But your soul will live forever. You are a soul that has a body. Your soul will live forever. Now, can I tell you this, that as your soul lives forever, as you go to heaven, I wonder if you're going to be comfortable there to begin with. I think you'll be as comfortable there as you make him as comfortable here. You make him as comfortable here as you possibly can, and that will show you how comfortable you'll be there. But to put him first, life is so short, isn't it not? The Bible says it's like a vapor. It appeared for a little while, and then it vanisheth away. Our grandkids came over the house on Christmas Eve, and as I said on Sunday, my wife and I, we look forward to watching them among all people open the Christmas presents. There's just something about watching a little one tear into a present that is just irreplaceable. But they'll tear in the present. At first, they're trying to be cautious. Then when they find out that there's something inside the box that is delightful, the next one they're tearing into, they're not cautious at all. At first, they'll try to tear the paper off, in some cases, not even try and tear the paper, but to move it so that, like, they're saving it for another present to be wrapped. But then after that first one, and they get in that box, and they find something delightful, it's all of a sudden create creates a hunger because what is in that box all of a sudden created that hunger now may I say something dear friend what you find in Christ ought to create a hunger the Bible says taste of the Lord and see that he is good 
He can't be any better than he is because he's as good as they get. But the problem is when we let other things get in the way that clouds us. And we don't taste them. You ever do this? You ever do this? You ever do this? You ever mix your food together? And then all of a sudden it doesn't taste as good as it would have separately? I, 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 I've done that. My dear mother, every Friday, she would take everything. I don't know what she called it. I called it a mess. But every Friday, Mama would go. I'm telling you the truth. Mama would go into the kitchen, open the refrigerator, and everything, everything that she had cooked that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and not weekends, but just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, everything that was in that refrigerator, everything that she had cooked, she'd cut it up, dice it up, add some soup to it, put it in a pot, and that's what we had on Friday night. Say, how could you stomach that? That's why God made Tabasco sauce. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute, watch this though. But, but, you know, I'll be honest with you, some of that food tasted separately better than it did in the stew. It just tasted better. Did you know, as you take time to taste of the Lord, as you take time to walk with Him, as you take time to let God answer your prayers, as you take time to be able to obey Him, He blesses you here, then He blesses you here, then He blesses you here, and you enjoy the whole trip. You enjoy the whole meal. Huh. I don't think that Joseph, looking at that which is his bride-to-be, if you will. And what a shock it was to him, she being with child, yet not knowing a man. But I, I don't think that Joseph was concerned about that as much as he was at the time that he came into the inn, thinking, oh my, I need to do something. The Bible says she's great with child. I need to do something. And as he started to clean it up, I think that he got into the moment I'm making sure that it was exactly what it should be. A place where Christ would be born. Christ, born in your heart, I think we ought to take time to make sure we keep it exactly the way it should be as he works in our lives.